0: Hi guys, welcome to this episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. It's an extra special episode because I have my fiance, Landon Rhodes, on the podcast today. And uh, as you all know, I don't normally have men on the podcast, so he has to be pretty special. He certainly is the man in my life, according to this finger, if you guys are watching the video. And uh, today we're gonna talk about relationships. We're calling this the relation tips episode. And uh, while we're not married yet, we obviously don't know everything about relationships. Thank you for that noise, Landon, and, uh, but we're really excited, and we have actually wanted to do this for a long time because I am a psycho about relationships in terms of passionate about it, and we work very, very hard on being intentional in our relationship. So Landon, welcome to the podcast, and I'm going to grill him with questions today.
1: Wonderful. Well, it's good to be here, and I'm excited to get grilled with questions.
0: Wonderful. I will also give input, but Landon is very wise. So I think it's important for you guys to hear from a male perspective, not just me telling you guys what I think about things. And we have a very unique story. I'd like to think about how quickly, you know, our lives came together and kind of where we come from is polar opposites, even when it comes to relationships. And so we'll see what we get into today. But Landon, I want to first start off by you telling the audience your perspective about our story.
1: Okay um like from the very beginning or what yep well first off we met on bumble um just randomly scrolling actually i was in my (laughs) office here at grindstone and i was just scrolling through after it was like seven o'clock after after work hours and um jenna was in the other room and i was like check out this chick i just matched with (laughs) and i walked over And then she she saw you were Miss Nebraska and she freaked out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And there's a crazy random story with that, too. So with Landon's sister, Jenna, this is like so serendipitous, you guys. But Jenna has only posted on Instagram like 10 times in her entire life. At that, point it was. at that point, yeah. yeah. And so we went back and I, follow, or I followed her or something. And I looked back at one of her posts and I was like, yo, this looks super familiar. And as you guys know who follow <laughs> me, up until recently, like every third picture, I would post a quote of something because I love quotes and inspiration and all that. Now I'm trying to be better about reels and all that jazz. So I'm trying to make them more videos um, like this one. But you, guys, it was so crazy. I was looking at her Instagram and I scrolled down and lo and behold, there is one of my posts from three or four years ago that yeah. Jenna had posted, it was an Elwood's quote from Legally Blonde, and she just saw it on Instagram and liked the quote and just reposted it. She didn't tag me or anything, but it literally said at Megan underscore Swanson, at Powerhouse Pageantry underneath of it. And so we found that out on like our first or second day. I remember you guys were so Christmas wild. shopping. Landon is a huge giver and a wonderful heart. And he was, you were donating like truckloads of things from Costco to Boys oh, yeah, and Girls Club or fun. something. Yeah. yeah, and we found that out and it was super cool.
1: That was, that was around that time. So yeah, we, uh, I showed, I'm pretty sure I showed your profile to Jenna and then she freaked out and then we proceeded to text just constantly. We, I'd never texted so many, many, so many times in my life without talking to them. Cause usually I'll text, uh, you know, even, even just with guys, even just like friends of mine, like I don't text that often until like we meet up and Mm -hmm. then obviously you get to know a person better just after you meet them face to face. But that was not the case with us. We literally, Texted in circles for like a month
0: mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. And then
1: finally, after like two or three weeks, I think we finally got on our first FaceTime, which is hilarious.
0: Yeah, I don't even Because we're remember. very
1: visual people and we have no problem getting on the phone or hopping on FaceTime. Yeah. But for each other, apparently we did. So mm-hmm. yeah, we did that and then um Yeah, I just like started speeding up like crazy. I would say from basically the first six months was just uh, you and I just making very quick decisions upon like, am mm-hmm. I going to spend the rest of my life with this person or am I not? Mm-hmm. And we make very, very quick decisions in everything else that we do. So it's no surprise that relationships was one, also one of those things. I always thought I was going to date a girl for like two to three years before I would marry her. I told you that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that freaked you out.
0: Actually, we did talk about that like on the first date because I am Megan Swanson. So <laughs> definitely that came up. Yeah. Yeah. I- <laughs>
1: I think if you would have dated anyone that is not an Enneagram 8, it would have scared the crap out of them. Probably. Um, because or they just, were so
0: passive, they just acted like they were fine like, with it, but they fine, actually weren't. That's
1: great. Yeah. Uh, but I would have no problem telling you like, wow, we just jumped right into that, didn't we? Sure did. Um, <laughs> so I would say that it just moved very quickly in terms of getting down to brass tacks of what do you want out of a relationship? What are your core values? Mm -hmm. Who, um, who do you want to be when you quote grow up, so to speak. And you know, like we got into like, I feel like we've talked about things that most married couples still have not even talked about within the first six months of dating. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously after the six month, we kind of made a decision and I didn't realize how much of a catalyst this would be, but I basically, um, asked you what the, um,
0: What's Oh, the I just asked like. you like,
1: what do you want the future to look like uh-huh. between you and I? And I think that was like a light bulb moment where you realized there was a future, uh-huh. um, because you were way doubting yourself, I think, um, or doubting us, I would say more so, or not even doubting just more or less like, like not getting know. your hopes up or not. Yeah, yeah. You just like plan it. I
0: was waiting to go there until we could go there. Yeah. And yeah,
1: we mm-hmm. went there on our six month anniversary <laughs> and, um, uh, Yeah. Then literally like life accelerated mm-hmm. twice twice the speed. Yep. A um, month and a half, two months later, we were engaged yep. and I think we uh, looked at
0: rings like the week or two after something crazy.
1: Yeah, well, we, cause we just knew. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it was actually the first time I said I love you too. So mm-hmm. that was pretty
0: That's a hilarious um, story that we don't That's have a for. funny
1: yeah, that's a funny story too. Just mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> how well I guess I can say it. So it was like after yeah. six months, we both knew that we wanted to get married, but we hadn't like had the conversation yet. And for us, like he said, we're both eights. So, like, we move very fast. Fast is fun, slow sucks kind of vibe. Everything's <laughs> black and white. And so, if you're not like running actually through the wall, are you even running at all? You're not. Is, like, the lifestyle that we live. And so, I remember we'd had this huge conversation on our six month anniversary about like building a life together and I cried at dinner and it was like fun and all these things and we had a really weird waiter, but we like loved the food. Remember he was yeah, like kind was strange, of, he was like cussing a bunch dude. at the table. Yeah, and just like, we like
1: really trying to get okay. our attention with how many F-bombs he could drop.
0: Yeah, we're like, all right, all right, this is different. And then we'd
1: have to like reframe for a second. Yeah. did like, you just say that?
0: Yeah. We were okay, like, that, we're back. Yeah, yep, <laughs> happened and eavesdropping on other conversations as usual. What else does anyone do on date night? Uh, That's all we do, and eat Indian food, like last night. But yeah, so we'd had this huge conversation, but we hadn't said I love you yet, and both, um, it was really cool, because I remember like the week before, and then we'll get into questions, but the week before, I I was actually really struggling with this, because I was like, gosh, I feel all these feelings, but when you're not able to communicate them verbally, it felt like we had put the cart before the horse a little bit, because we had already talked about like how many kids do you want, and And, you know, your views on marriage. (laughs) No, we weren't quite there yet.
1: There, no, we, but we did yeah. get a venue
0: before we engaged because yeah. you have to. But anyways, in this crazy COVID, post-COVID wedding society. But anyways, it felt like a little out of order. And then we had that conversation at dinner and he, he initiated it, which for every girl in the world, you're like, hallelujah, because I feel like most women are the people who lead usually emotionally down the the road of conversations. Um, Men are a little bit more internal sometimes with that. And so I remember I was so impressed with just that leadership. But then even driving home in the car, I was like, so like, are you going to say that you love me? Because it just felt like we had talked about our whole life and planned it, but we hadn't said it. And then finally, like at midnight that night, you finally said it. And I was like, finally, (laughs) literally, I think that was my response. And then from there, I think we had a wedding venue like a month later and um, took a thousand weeks for the, the, my ring to get made. And so we weren't engaged till November, but here we are getting married in four and a half months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Came, came pretty fast. So, yes. um, that was a big deal because you had several people like say that before. Yes. Like, thank you, had, you. Yeah. Yeah. Rounding and that out. Whereas like I had said that like three times in my life, mm-hmm. uh, to people that are not my family and my friends, yeah. um, from like relational perspective so yeah. it meant a lot more to me than just something you say in passing mm-hmm. um and it, i wasn't going to say it until it was like Yep. That's real.
0: Yeah. So one thing that I wanted to mention for those who are listening and watching, that is something huge. Like I said, I talked with my sister like just a week or two before that, because it was really, I wouldn't say bothering me, but like, I didn't want to burden Landon with that expectation. And I didn't want him to say it because I wanted him to say it. I wanted to know in my heart of hearts that it was because he wanted to say that he was making that commitment. And I think a lot of girls find themselves in that position where again, if you are unequally yoked with somebody, or if you're just on a different emotional intelligence journey, which could be the guy to the girl too, um, it can be really difficult because there's this vulnerability kind of like you t- you're take different steps in your relationship. And I remember with you, like Landon was the first person, not to stoke your ego, but I, you're the first person that I went on a date with and I was like, there's no way I'm ever gonna be able to be totally transparent and like myself and weird and like no makeup hanging out in my pajamas because I thought that Landon was so impressive. And I was just like... Oh my gosh, she's like on my level and all these different things. And so I remember internalizing like, will there ever be a day that I can just like totally let my guard down? Be weird. Be weird. And here we are. uh, If you only know. And so anyways, I had that conversation with my sister and she had talked about how that was actually really hard for her and Joe too. her husband. You guys know Allie on the podcast and Joe um, uh, Allie was actually Joe's first relationship ever. And so they had to have that conversation um, 100 percent because Joe had never said I love you to anybody. And Allie, who is just we think exactly the opposite. You guys know that by now having heard us both on the podcast. She said, well, why don't you ask Landon what I love you means to him? And that just didn't even occur to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, it could mean different things to different people. And she's like, yeah, depending on how much they said it as a family and how many relationships they've been in. So I remember I ended up asking you that and you were like, yeah, it's like a really big deal to me. And I got to express then that opened the door for me to say, well, I felt like that choice has always been taken from me because people said it to me literally within three days or three weeks of dating me. And it was just this like wall of like, yo, relax. And then you're just kind of locked into something. And actually I think for me, that's a reason why, uh, particularly for some relationships, I probably actually stayed in them longer than I ever should have, even though I knew that that felt weird even in that moment. And I think a lot of times people don't have the courage to use their voice even when they do see red flags. Not that that's a red flag. That's completely fine if it's the right person, but that kind of makes them feel like that takes their choice away. Cause then you're just like, thank you. Right. Or you say it, but you don't really mean it. And now you're kind of like, locked in. Mm. Yeah. So one thing that I wanted to start off asking, um, you was one thing that we talked about early and that I get a million questions from my clients, like in individual client sessions is about non-negotiables. And that's something that you and I, like I said earlier, actually come from very different backgrounds when it comes to dating and relationships. And we had some pretty tough conversations, serious conversations early, um, that kind of helped us to navigate what our non-negotiables were and what we were looking for. So how did you, in your adult life, come to find out what those non-negotiables were and being able to communicate them? Was it through dating? Was it through reading books? Was it through trial and error? What's your perspective on that?
1: It was 100% through dating. Um, I don't think any books that I read really told me. The only non-negotiable, or the only thing that I would say I learned from like reading um, books at all was, or from that perspective, was that I guess I read Modern Love from that uh, the comedian that wrote Modern Love. Have you heard of that Mm-mm. before? Um, it's Aziz Ansari. Oh, and that's, he partners, yeah, I saw that
0: book on yeah, your desk. Yeah, yeah, he
1: partners with a uh, social psychologist and talks about how basically it's like modern-day dating. So I did read that book. Hmm. I totally forgot that until right now. And um, then I read Awaken the Giant Within from Tony Robbins. And the only reason that's relevant is because in that book, it talks about like writing your five year future down oh, and yeah, having yeah, yeah. a massive action plan. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote you into that five years ago, far before I'd ever met you. Mm-hmm. And, um, the whole point is, is like, he basically goes on and it's a, it's a 500 page book, but it'll change your, change your life is the first book I ever read cover to cover when I was like 22 or 21 years old. I was not much of a reader, um, before that point. But, uh, that book basically forces you to sit down, list out everything that you want in a woman. Mm-hmm. and just by listing out all the things that you want, you start to understand what are the non-negotiables because it goes through a filtration process of like, okay, these are my so basically you just draw out you know in your mind your your dream girl mm-hmm. or your dream guy if you're reading it and <clears throat> And then you uh, you map out all of their features, all of their physical features, all of their emotional features, all Mm -hmm. of their like even expertise, like down to like who they are as a person. What what maybe are some things that they bring to the table from a relationship, even from a skill set standpoint of like if you hate cooking and Mm -hmm. you want somebody that loves cooking, like you should probably find that. And so like that's a good example of just like a a soft skill and like a physical skill that's super useful. Mm -hmm. And because like that doesn't seem like a big deal now, but if you can, if you haven't found that person yet, the realization that you can just like write that down and, and I'm not big on the word manifest, but literally just like bring that forth Mm -hmm. into your life, Mm -hmm. like truly manifest that into your existence and that's what I did.
0: Yeah, well it's, it's one of those, I think about like how how can you know if you've found something if you don't even know what you're looking for? Exactly. And I think another thing that parallels with your non-negotiables is figuring out how to communicate your needs and that's another massively difficult thing that a lot of people want help with so I'd love to ask you that next. How I found my non-negotiables is I read a book called The Sacred Search which I re- recommend to all of my clients. I forced Landon to read when we were first dating and then he wouldn't read part of it so I would read it to him. <laughs> <laughs> after date night and i was like yeah. here we go. so but even that like tells you a lot about the person that you're dating. like if that would have massively annoyed him, we would have never gone together because i like to live at lightning speed and i remember in my previous relationships one thing that made me know that we were unequally yoked in a sense or that they didn't meet my non-negotiables was that they were not a self-starter and because i felt like i was momming somebody and that I was like, hey, can you watch this YouTube video? Hey, do you, you know? are you reading any books lately? We both like that the other person is a self-starter because there's always yeah. something to talk about at date night. We were just talking about this yesterday, we were like in 80 years, we're still gonna be like eavesdropping on date nights and laughing at other people's conversations and just like having a ball, you know? And, and then also just enjoying life and we come home from work and we have things to talk about. And we do different
1: things all the time. 100%, yeah. right?
0: And that's not everybody's vibe, but that's something that both of us learn through dating and figuring out that it really bothers us when people aren't like that. And is it because it's right or wrong? Absolutely not. But books like The Sacred Search, um, if you haven't dated yet or even as if you have dated and it's been catastrophic or good or neutral or whatever, I think it's really, really, really important to find the language that um, that you can put words to what you're actually looking for. Because otherwise, if you can't, where there's not clarity, there there can't be breakthrough. So it's like, if I can't know that I that the word self-starter mean a lot to me, or faith, somebody who comes from a great family, okay, not just faith, but what does faith mean? In what context? Is that a weekly thing? Is that a monthly thing? Is that a daily thing? And I think that part of engaging in a healthy relationship it requires you to get real and get vulnerable with yourself and your own thought life and your needs so that you can put that out there and it's either gonna go massively wrong, which is also okay, because then you don't waste your time with somebody five years down the road and realize that they're a psycho or that they yeah. you just aren't you're not compatible, or you get married because you're lonely and you're super not compatible. And now it the only thing you know worse than being alone is wishing that you were. And so it's so, so, so important to figure that out whether you're in a season of singleness or whether you're dating and you haven't had those conversations yet. But I would just advise and encourage people, like even if you are in a relationship. And you haven't had all those tough conversations yet. Now is the time to, because again, like you don't want to get married to somebody just because they're available. Like God has somebody very specific for you, and the you know when two people who are correct from, for each other come together, you should always be stronger, safer, more protected, you know, more powerful together than you are apart. So, do you have anything to add to that before I yeah, ask you? Yeah,
1: I do. Yep. Uh, so I, I remember after breaking up with my ex. My buddy, I was pretty pretty wrecked from that. Um, my buddy called me, and w- I was basically negotiating with myself whether or not I was going to get back together with her. I don't even we know, all do. I don't even know if you knew this, but I was sitting, I was like laying in bed or whatever on the phone with him. Is Stephen? And uh,
0: our best man. Yeah, our
1: best man at the wedding. Shout <laughs>
0: out.
1: <laughs> um, so we, I was sitting, and this is really fun. I don't think I ever told you. No, this, you but, definitely haven't. Um, so he. I, I, like, he, he asked me, he's like, so what are your non-negotiables? Hmm. And so guys, guys do this too, by the way, this isn't just women that, that do this and everyone should. Yep. Um, and he asked me because he has very high standards and I like you know, and, and that time I thought I had very high standards too. And this is pre Megan. <laughs> so, um, he, uh, he goes, what are your non-negotiables? And I'm like, well, she's gotta be nice. Um, <laughs> she needs to believe in God and like I was totally drawing a blank kind of like I am right now. Mm-hmm. And I listed maybe like one other thing, like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, she has to be fit and healthy. Mm-hmm. It's a rule, like it's it's yes and no. Mm-hmm. So those three things, <laughs> and he's like, what else? I'm like, I don't really have anything else on my list. And I was literally had like a note on my iPhone and he's like, well, I just gonna be the first one to tell you, you have really freaking low standards. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa. <clears throat> And like, he he has no problem being real with me because he's one of my best friends. And we all
0: need that person. And
1: he goes, yeah, like you have really low standards. Like that's all you want. And I'm like, man. Maybe, maybe that's why I've been getting what I've been, uh, you know, that maybe that's why that's been coming to fruition in my Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And so like I went and that was a long time after i read that book, Waking the Giant Within, and basically had forgotten about Mm -hmm. that note in my iPhone. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to that, that iPhone Mm -hmm. note. And then like, I started going back through and I made a post about all of those things and put that in there. But like it was very specific, like 15 specific characteristics and a lot of subconscious ones in my mind. But mm. I just think that's important for people to have that friend in their life to be like, hey,
0: mm-hmm. you're
1: talking to a bunch of losers right now mm-hmm. and you just stop.
0: Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give people that maybe are in that season of having low standards? And maybe that's a it's usually a reflection of low self-worth, Self-esteem. but sometimes it's just like. Oh, I kind of forgot that I can hold myself to these standards. Yeah. Like when I, so Landon and I both got a, got out of relationships quite suddenly and like at the same time almost. And it was only a matter of a couple of weeks before we met, and then we waited like a month still to just like chill and mm-hmm. make sure that we got to know each other before even meeting, um, it, because we just wanted to make sure that it was all good and everything and yeah. out of respect and all of that. Um, but if it, another question that we got uh, here was like, how how do I? put myself back together and actually realize that there could be more for me and also paralleling on top of that, is there too long or too short of a season to go in between relationships as well? Cause that was another huge question. It's not a got.
1: season. It's a, it's a mindset and a belief system. Okay. So like if your mindset is that you're broken and that you are, you know, basically just broken, used, like I can't, I, there's no way I'm going to find somebody good. Mm-hmm. Like you're still in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to focus on yourself. And, and this was one of the better piece of advice I got from a very narcissistic friend that I used to hang out with quite a bit, <laughs> but he was very right about this one thing. Yeah. And, uh, and he said like, when you're like in your lowest of low season, the most important thing you need to do is focus on getting yourself back to neutral or above Mm -hmm. because like you can't pour from an empty cup. You're not going to attract the best version of whoever you want. If you're not the best, best version of you. Mm -hmm. So like you have to fix yourself before you're ever even going to try to attract Um, anything that's uh, up to your standard or your level, because you will literally repel subconsciously repel every woman away Mm -hmm. or every man away from you. That's at the level that you desire because you're still here mentally. Yeah. And so I'm saying it's not necessarily like a time and a date or months or days. Mm -hmm. It is a season of, or excuse me, it is a mindset of life. And it's not necessarily just a certain number of days. Yeah.
0: And I would say like it's the best gift that you can ever give yourself because why not attract a more put together amazing person if you can, even if you don't believe that you can right now, like there, there there's things that are 100% absolutely in your control. You can eat better, you can sleep more, you can drink more water, you can surround yourself with better people. You can, you know, get engaged in positive community. You can like make little tiny habit adjustments that you can do every single day. You can you know, put some mascara on as opposed to not putting mascara on. Try and make yourself more attractive, like work on your personality, go to therapy, like talk to your mom more, whatever the heck it is. Like there are so many things that I think the enemy convinces us in our head that we're just helpless and hopeless. And I remember Landon's had times in his life where he's felt that way. I've had times in my life where I have felt that way. That's part of why we connect so well. You know, we've both had times where we were overweight. We've both had times where we couldn't look at ourselves in the mirror and think that there was anything good about ourselves. And I think because of a lot of those things, A, that's why we connect on such a deep level. But also we have such an appreciation um, and an abundance mindset that connects us and fuels why we have such a great partnership, which is based on the foundation of friendship. But at the end of the day, if you don't like yourself, how do you expect anybody else to like you? I don't care if you're the most gorgeous person on the planet. I tell my girls this all the time. And they've experienced it with me. I mean, I just had two conversations this week of girls getting out of relationships with gorgeous narcissists um, who are shiny on the outside Ken dolls and then just wreck them emotionally. And it's just proof that no matter how beautiful somebody is, how handsome somebody is, how much sex appeal they have, whatever, if they have a rotten core in the inside, like you are going to wish that you were never with them. And I've seen so many people getting married especially people who get married right out of college or it's their first person that they're dating, which obviously there are numerous occasions where that works out wonderfully and they're married for 80 years and that's incredible. I mean, my grandparents were married at like 19, you know, and I think, yeah, your grandparents were married too. Yeah. So uh, there's no one static rule for everybody, obviously, but I do think that there's merit to. And people grew up earlier back then too. I will just say, I mean, men were going off to war at 18. You know what yeah, you mean? Yeah, I mean they were men at so, 16. Yeah. they
1: were getting their life on track at 18. Yeah. or going to war. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, it's yeah. A much different. World. It's way different. So you know, there is an age of actualization and maturity where you're able to. Write out a list of like who am I when you can actually answer that question. And I would just say that being proactive about when you're choosing to attach yourself to the train of somebody else's life, you don't wanna be bleeding on people that didn't cut you. You don't wanna be, you know, walking around every single day attaching all of this trauma and this these burdens and this junk in your trunk of all this stuff that somebody else didn't ask for and they thought they were getting one thing and then they got, you know, they got engaged, married, all these different things, and now they're stuck. And let me tell you, like even a couple years ago at twenty five, twenty six, as a single person, like I was having to navigate, like counseling these couples, several um, who have been married and just can't stand each other. And it's because, you know, and I, I still hope the best for them. And of course, like God's, God can turn anything around 100%. But unfortunately, they brought a lot of this baggage into relationships early, as opposed to being able to work that out ahead of time or just properly qualify through non-negotiables and things like that. Um, One thing that I do want to ask you that I think is a a massive question that I literally get asked every single day is so on that journey of qualifying your non-negotiables, how have you learned personally, um, specifically in regards to like fighting, communicating, communicating in business relationships, your needs personally, And also just like that journey of figuring out how your mind works, what your triggers are and how you can become a more emotionally intelligent person overall.
1: Um, So I'll start with the communicating your needs part. I would say the best way that you can do this is making sure that when you're communicating those needs, you're not offending somebody else or the other partner in the relationship for Mm -hmm. one. Like, so if your needs are quite selfish, which some, some of them are, um, that like they benefit you maybe more so than the other person, you have to figure out a way th- to not only make that sound appealing to them, but also make sure that that doesn't offend them in the process. And if, yeah, like, if it's something you have to just do so much prequalification too, like if it's something like, Hey, one of my lifelong expectations that I never told you about is that you're going to be up at 4am with me to go work out. Mm. And you don't actually tell that person until yeah. you're seven, eight, 10 months in a dating and like, you're in love with that person, but they really don't like hit that thing. And like, that's such a small one, but yeah. maybe like, but maybe, uh, not maybe like having, people. having kids, like say you skip over that and you're like, well, I didn't actually want kids. Holy crap. You just wasted 10 months of my life. 100%. Like that. That's very, that happens um, all the time. There's yep. people that are avoiders by nature and We're the antithesis of avoidance. Um, We're literally going to like run right at it. Yeah. Uh, But I I think that first of all, just understanding what your non-negotiables are, writing them down Mm -hmm. and then finding finding ways to seed them into conversation unoffensively yeah. is really important. Yeah. So like, yeah, you asked me, what are your thoughts on this? Instead of being like, if you ever do this to me, I'm X Yeah. or I'm, I'm out. Y. Yeah. Risking yeah. the relationship.
0: Yeah. In terms yeah. Of, ultimatums
1: yeah. are literally the yeah, stupidest thing you could possibly do to yeah. a person when you're trying to have them make an impact or trying to make that, make a change.
0: Yeah. Um, it's good, babe.
1: When you're, and say something is subconscious that you see somebody doing and you like can't get yourself to tell them like, I want this person to change this thing about them. Mm-hmm. First of all, you got to check your behavior. Are you modeling the behavior that you want them to actually follow in? Yeah. Because if you're the leader of the relationship in that area, um, you, you know, and say, so I've used fitness as an example all the time. That's a good example. But so say like, you as a guy have this standard or let's, let's put them back in your shoes. You as a female have this standard that, you know, you want your guy to have six pack abs, Mm -hmm. but then you are sitting on the couch eating Doritos all the time, drinking all the time, Mm -hmm. um, eating tons of fast food, not taking care of yourself. And, you're totally letting yourself go but you have this expectation of the other person that they're supposed to take like supreme care of themselves and yep. they're supposed to hold their standards here while your standards are here yep there's no way those people are going to meet you first of all they're not going to ever be what you want them to be mm-hmm. and they're not going to meet they're going to meet you where you're at yeah so um, i think just model the behavior that you want yeah is a good way of doing uh, of subconsciously getting what you want to have happen in the relationship, because if you lead that way and eventually they will see it, they'll notice it, Mm -hmm. they'll see it. It makes you happy. A lot of times they'll follow suit. Yeah. And if they don't like, you just have to, you know, have the open conversation and be like, I've been trying to do this together and I feel like I've been shut down and I want to try doing this as a couple what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. But always, what do you think instead of, or else, yeah. or else is literally ruin everything.
0: Yeah. And I think like if people realize that like you attract oftentimes where you're at and what you are, not what you want, um, yeah. that should encourage you to just start making little changes. Um, I know that that has been true in seasons of, of my life. And then I think like, there's, I just want to encourage people. There are so many resources out there in learning how to communicate your needs. If you are of more of a feeler personality type, sometimes it can be even harder, especially if you're an Enneagram two, not to just typecast people in a bucket. Cause it's not what it's about. But if you are somebody who for a two, their greatest fear is being left or abandoned by the people that they love, um, or a six people not being loyal to them, lying to them, you know, scheming. Knowing those things about yourself like for a six trust is everything now I would venture to say trust is everything for darn near everybody Um, but one way that Landon and I have navigated that very early on as I indoctrinated him into the Enneagram is Learning that both of us can have anger issues if we don't feel safe. We can get hot We feel very heated on the inside even if we don't act on them We don't really have problems with that because we have a very safe protective loving relationship but in the past, when I was with a narcissist, I would, I was just a blown gasket, like 24 seven, cause it was the only way that I felt safe was to manifest in anger. And I didn't know how to communicate my needs because I felt so incredibly unsafe of my basic needs and desires being covered, which is to feel safe and to feel protected as a woman. And so something as simple as the Enneagram going to therapy for literally one or two sessions, they'll teach you this about how to just communicate your emotions, communicate your needs, learning how to use I statements and even one thing that I tell all of my clients: a really simple way that you can learn to navigate your needs is by studying the emotional wheel and just emotional mapping, like three, four times a day, just checking in and being like, "What do I feel right now?" Oh my gosh! If I was able to say, "I'm disappointed," rather than "I'm sad," saying "I'm disappointed," you know, then Landon could say, "Hey, well, what happened? Like, why are you disappointed?" And that can give somebody more lead, um, leading indicators, if you will, to be able to ask more, you know, deeper questions and help you get to uh, that cognition, frontal lobe, rather than just the amygdala freaking out, being like, I don't know why I'm so sad, I'm just sad, which like really is tough in relationships because if something like that happens and you're fighting and you don't even know how to communicate what's wrong, then I call that handing somebody a a poopy diaper and telling them to change it. And it's like, what, like you delivered this to me. And so that's not our job. It's our job to even just take five seconds to say, hey, this might be really hard for me to communicate, but I need you to validate me in this particular thing right now. Can you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, and I have a whole list of things. Maybe I can post them later. But Landon and I have worked really, really hard, um, and I think we've done a great job at slowing down moments because sometimes when you're fighting or when you're upset. The brain starts to work really, really, really quickly, um, almost like an immune system trying to fight off a disease because we're so adverse to pain as human beings. And so I think that's something that um, if you can learn how to slow down, to check in with your thought life, and just to be able to identify, like, what actually made me mad and ask me those questions, take a second and then come back and validate. That's something that you do really, really well. Um, Cause I'm definitely the more emotional one in this relationship, hundred percent. And you do such a great job of just like your tone and your whole demeanor is so calm that that immediately like sets a precedent that I can, I have like a safe space to feel in that moment. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. Do you have any yeah. more thoughts on that?
1: Um, no, I think okay. you covered it.
0: Okay. Um, another question that we got that I think is very interesting. How do you know whether you can trust someone or rebuild trust when trust has been broken? And, uh, do you give second chances or not?
1: So what was the first part of the question?
0: Um, they, they said, how do you know whether you can trust someone or how do you rebuild trust and, and do you give second chances or not?
1: Um, I definitely give second chances. Um to what degree? Yeah, yeah. Those second chances, I mean as a blanket as a blanket statement, I think it's fair to say that I do that, but I also am an Enneagram 8. If you betray me, it's mm-hmm. not going to end well mm-hmm. for either of us. Mm-hmm. So, um kind of burn the building down to get the stake kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. So, it's not, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be well. Mm-hmm. But that's obviously our core, our core fear is people. So we're very cognizant of that. Mm -hmm. But as far as second chances go, I mean, it's, it's so situational dependent. If Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't, and I'm guessing it's it's talking about between you and I,
0: um, probably well, this question was asked just dating in general, but, uh,
1: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) here, here's my, here's my hot, hot take on (laughs) second chances. If if somebody's stupid enough to show you who they really are and you don't like it, believe them.
0: Yeah. Like
1: if they're dumb enough to make a really bad mistake during the dating Mm -hmm. part of life, believe that it's going to be that and worse inside of a marriage.
0: Uh, Okay, I need to chime in. So I always say dating is the wooing phase. And if somebody is showing you red flags or things that give you the ick or things (laughs) that that. literally like like make you cringe on the inside or where you're just kind of you tilt your head a little bit and maybe your friends are like, They just have a neutral opinion about them, but they're not like gloriously green light. Your family, if they do not like them, they're usually right, unless your family's crazy, which you know, that's a whole different thing. But if you have healthy, stable relationships (laughs) in your life or friends that you know, like have their crap together and they are not unanimously like, yeah, for this person, they probably are not your person. And that's where I think you have to lean into like, there are almost 8 billion people on this world, you know? half of them are the the gender that you're looking for and there's a lot of fish in the sea so we can't have this like tiny tiny mindset yeah. where you have to hold on to something cuz whatever you compromise to keep you lose and you're going to be dang sorry in 5 years when or 10 years when you realize that this person was exactly who they showed you that they were when they got angry that one time, or when they called you, when they diminished you in your character that one time, or mm-hmm. had to put you down just a little notch to make them feel better. And you're like, oh, they just had a bad day at work. It was like, no, they're they're actually a piece of crap. And yeah, like, that's they who they that. are. They so they always show their best selves during the wooing phase and you gotta pay attention to that.
1: Especially early. Yeah. That's why dating I felt was very easy until it wasn't sort of thing or, or like, it was so obvious to know if you were gonna be with somebody long term, at least for me, yeah. uh, That became that came very quickly, yeah. Um, and uh, my buddy Brandon said this. He's like, dating, uh, long term dating is like dialing in exactly who you want out of life or who you want for your life. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, first girl I dated, twenty five percent certain. Hmm. F- uh, next girl I dated, I was fifty percent certain the next one was 75% certain. And then like, basically you're using that phase of life as a narrowing mechanism to make sure you're getting out the things that you don't want in those people. And like, Mm -hmm. yes, be selfish. Weed them out. You're stuck with them for the rest of your life. So if there's things that you see in that person that you don't like, yeah, you have to understand that like that's not going anywhere plan on that being around forever. And mm-hmm. like the second you want to try and fix somebody.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oof, you're in for yeah. A long, I want to speak haul. to that
0: too. So I'm so glad you said that. I think that I, I think men and women both do it. I can't speak for men's brains, but I know as a woman with, with how nurturing naturally we are. One thing that I found in myself was that when I was with the wrong person, I leaned so heavily into masculine energy Mm -hmm. because I didn't feel safe enough to be like the feminine version of me. Now, naturally, I'm a driver. I will drive through a wall to get what I want. Like, you know, I love things like sales and adrenaline and just like roller coasters and spontaneity and all those things are very me, gut impulse person. But what I realized and actually my mom noticed it after like a month of being with Landon, which was really cool, because, again, your family will tell you, your best friends will tell you people that are safe and wonderful people in your life. And my mom actually noticed like a softness come over me that she hadn't seen. And it like makes me cry because she said it and she's like, I haven't seen this in you in like three years. She was like, it's so nice to see. And remember, they told you that my dad told you that, too. And he's like, it's so nice to see the full Megan come back of yeah, like did say that. something that, and he, he pulled Landon aside and they had like a father son talk basically. And now you guys have very much that kind of relationship, which totally. is awesome. But I just think yep. that when you're with the right person, somebody else asked, how do I know if I'm with the right person? And I think, um, you know, it's like, Oh, when you know, you know, and I hated when people said that, but I really do think that there's, I would describe it as peace. I would describe it as like, you don't have to feel like, in 20 years, there's just, and there's no fear. Like I completely yeah. trust you. I always say the most annoying thing that Landon does is leave socks lying around, but I think it's cute. More it's not even, it's not even annoying to me. Like yesterday I literally pulled four socks out of the couch and I was yeah. like, here is your masterpiece. Every, everyone has
1: their vice. Sir. It's mine.
0: Yeah, and I I don't know what mine is, but hopefully it's cute and not annoying. But but what's so cool is when you're with the right person, like you don't have to fix major things. So going back to what you said about fitness, right. I didn't realize that that was something that I cared about so much until my friend Justice called me and literally said the same conversation and was like, "Yo, what are your non-negotiables?" And I I remember I felt guilty for saying them. And part of that was like my Christian upbringing of like mm. Hey, I kind of want a guy who can like take control of situations and is like kind of hot and like takes care of himself. And I, I remember like I felt selfish to even think that, but then I looked in the mirror and I was like, "Yo, you work out every day. You what like you work do? super yeah. hard on like who you are, and you're not asking for anything that you're not manifesting yourself." And Justice right. was like, "No, you definitely care about that." I was like, "If the opposite, if, if that wasn't there, would you think your husband was hot?" And I was like, "No." No. And she was mm-hmm. like, "Great, that's a non-negotiable." And it was just like. Poof, to me. And what's so beautiful about that is when you, and that could be, I want a guy who wants to work on a farm. I have a client who's like that. And she's like, dude, if he doesn't know how to handle cattle, he isn't handling me. And I was like, great, love that. You know? <laughs> I love that. And I was like, kill me. <laughs> like, I'm the opposite. Uh, yeah. But I think you have to know that, or else you're going to try and change someone. And what I see in a lot of marriages, you know, they say after seven years, a lot of the stuff comes out, is that you'll see a wife or a husband literally just bursting with bitterness and resentment on the inside of them because they married somebody that they hoped would become something rather than letting them be free. And so, you know, again, we don't know everything about marriage relationships. We're on our journey, but that is one thing consistently that I can definitely speak to. That's like, dude, don't marry somebody until you know, like you're, you're accepting all of them. You know, it's not your job to change them and they're not going to change. Like you're not going to make somebody who loves to work at a corporate job an entrepreneur tomorrow, no matter how much you want them to and the opposite. Right. And both are beautiful but you have to qualify and know exactly what you're getting into. Preach. Yeah. Um, one question that I got too is how do I find the courage to break up with someone when I know that a relationship should end?
1: Um, I would say the biggest thing that helped me with that is this is really morbid. I'm going to go there though. Um, Google the number of people who die every single day. Okay. And look at the number and realize that like life is not guaranteed. There's Mm. several thousand people on that list today that didn't plan to die, but they're gone. Mm. And so you have to make a decision. Do I live another day thinking about breaking up with this person Mm. or am I going to get on with my life and stop thinking about that? Mm. So yeah, it's it's pretty morbid, but it's a very strong reality check. If you don't have a lot of that in your life, Mm -hmm. hopefully most people don't, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like fu- funerals um, are a very interesting way of recalibrating our our mindset of mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not immortal. This ride doesn't continue mm-hmm. in this in this form, obviously. Um, that's that's probably the number one way that like quickly shifted something in me where I was like, oh, like I need to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just having like the aid mentality, just get it over with. There's yep. not going to be a good way you're always going to hurt the, you know, they're always going to be hurt or you're going to be hurt in the process, but just get it over with and get it done. Yeah. That's our, that's our personality though. Yeah. Not everybody's like that.
0: But I sure. think at the same time, even if it's not your personality, like the, I, I completely agree with you. I think the band-aid mentality is so important to remember of once this band-aid is ripped off, how will I feel? And if I feel like I will feel peace, then what are you doing still in a relationship? And I remember that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And then number two I think analyzing the distractions in your life of what is what is currently distracting me to not have to think about relationship being number one. That's what it was for me. And after Miss USA, I didn't have that distraction of like being busy with that all the time. And then it was like, holy crap, you've been in a relationship for a year and a half and you don't want to marry him. And I was like, well, there's... I'm so inauthentic if I go another day without being honest. And now guess what? A year and a half later, that person's in a wonderful relationship and they met their person. And if I wouldn't have been honest, this wouldn't have happened and that wouldn't have happened. And it's always better to be real.
1: Never make a serious lifelong life altering decision without thinking of this four letter acronym. And it's halt. Do you know what that means? No, go for it. Halt. H a L T. Don't make decisions that are going to change your life long-term if you are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Wow. So don't, yeah, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. So if you think about it, somebody cheats on you, you want to break up with them, you're going to be very angry, like very, very angry. Mm -hmm. You'll never know if you were going to give that person a second chance if you immediately dump them the second you find out. Hmm which is why it's important and like obviously like that's up to you. <laughs> but mm. um, give it some time to think about it. Lonely, oh, Megan's been gone. Or say, like I'm gone a lot and you mm. become lonely. Well, you have a decision. I guess you could break up with me at that point if you feel lonely mm-hmm. at that time. Or you mm-hmm. could wait and maybe see like, oh, was that, was that a season? Was that a, was there a black hole inside of something that I was doing that wasn't getting fulfilled Mm -hmm. and I didn't even know how to communicate it? Mm -hmm.
0: Um, me last Saturday. (laughs) So
1: so, like, there's a lot of, and we all go through like every single person will go through all of those four, um, States, Mm -hmm. but, uh, having an understanding of like, how to get back to your best state when you make that decision. Like yeah. don't make that decision in your worst state, make it in your mm. best state. Because even then, like, say if you have like an optimal way to make your day better, like a morning routine, you, you know, if it's like, for me, it's cold showers, like shock the system, cold shower, work out, so. eat a great meal, crazy person. Um, <laughs> not eat, for a, me. eat a great meal, um, get time in the word. Yep. If I do all four of those things yep. and I'm not feeling rushed by another prior commitment, yep. I know for a fact I can make a very, very good decision and don't make decisions without getting consistently eight hours of sleep Mm -hmm. because even getting like six or five hours of sleep consecutively for three or four days in a row Mm -hmm. can literally throw off your entire decision making mechanism. And Mm -hmm. like you could also massively regret doing that Mm -hmm. on the back end. So like never make decisions without like without checking that acronym mm-hmm. of halt
0: yeah the next question i want to ask is what's the biggest thing that you've learned in this relationship and i think going first one of the things that i have learned that i feel like is a key that has just unlocked so much for us is i've learned that like when you are a person of your routine and you work out you are a better man mm-hmm. and if yeah. i want positive happy like fun abundance mentality land in like one of my first questions should be do you need to go work out right now or like mm-hmm. have you worked out today yeah and your routine has been kicking butt for like the last month since we've <laughs> had a house it has and it's just crazy how that directly relates to those results and when you have the freedom and the transparency and the trust and relationship to know kind of how you can pull those little mini levers like for you, you know, to ask me like, hey, have you journaled today? Have you spent time with the Lord today? Have you walked around and sang all over the house today? And if I haven't done any of those mm-hmm. things, then I'm probably going to feel lonely or I'm going to attack you for something that I'm just having a passing fleeting emotion that will change. And that's not fair to Landon. It's not. So I need to be aware of that. He's really good about bringing that up in a scenario where I'm not emotional. He knows in the moment he just needs to be safe and comfortable and whatever. And he can definitely challenge me on that later in a loving way. But that's probably the, the, one of the best things that I've learned in our relationship is just like when you have the safety and knowing that it's the right person, like you literally can talk about anything and you learn them to such a place that I don't ever want to challenge you in a way that disrespects you. Um, I never have to withhold respect in order to get through to you. It's a challenge, you know, um, there's a way that you can love and respect somebody and bring them to their higher version of themselves. Yeah. So what have you learned?
1: What have I learned? Um, that not every problem has to be solved right now. And that, um, Mm -hmm. I would say that one of the biggest things I learned early with you is that, um, which would have helped me a lot earlier in life with all of my other relationships, but I learned it specifically with you, (laughs) um, is that not every single time or not every time a person talks to you and they share problems with you, they're not always looking for an answer. Mm -hmm. 90% of the time they're just looking to like you to have somebody listen to them. Mm And you're a verbal processor. I'm a verbal processor. The fact that it took me that long to figure that out is laughable. But uh, I would say I learned that lesson for sure. That when someone, when you, you know, your significant, your significant other comes to you and just like, basically having a meltdown, they're it. losing it. They're having a meltdown.
0: Yeah, Landon all the time. He's very emotional.
1: Very I'm emotional kidding.
0: person. Um, I
1: lose it inside before I lose it externally. Um, I lose it immediately
0: tears. Yeah. Waterfall.
1: Yeah. Waterfall. All the time. But Which then is, I'm like,
0: I'm good. I'm uh, fine. thanks. Yeah.
1: Everything's, everything's great. Transaction. Um, yeah. And yeah. I would say just understanding that it, that's been one of the biggest learnings. And then third thing would be you marry the family. Mm. Like you really do marry the family. Yeah. Um, you don't just marry the person. You're not just dating the person you are dating the family. And if the family sucks, figure it out. Yeah. Like really ask yourself, am I comfortable being around this family? Because if they're close if if the your significant other is close Mm -hmm. with um with the family you will also be close with the family whether you like it or not Mm -hmm. so make sure you understand what you're getting into
0: yeah that's really good um the last question and then i want to do like final advice or anything else that you want to share Thank you for being on the podcast, babe. You're welcome. Um, this has been like very serious. I feel like we're never this serious. We're but getting down to it. Hopefully you guys got a lot out of this and maybe we can do a part two and ask a bunch of fun questions or just do more TikToks like I want to do, but Landon is never on camera ever. So this we did, is a we did treat. A couple. And then we didn't post them. That's you. Yeah, that's very true. Anyways, we're working on that. Um, but one thing that I want to ask last thing is what has been the most fun part of the last year for you? And how do you feel like you have grown um, as a person and kind of learn internally because you're with the right person? But yeah, then mm. also, what's been the most fun?
1: Most fun would be all the traveling we get to do. That's what I was going to say. Um, and the spontaneity that you are comfortable with. So, like, if if you weren't comfortable with all of the spontaneous travel that I want to do or anything along those lines, it wouldn't be nearly as fun because A, I would be getting resistance from you, which would suck. Mm-hmm. Two, I would feel bad. Three, it just would drop the mood of the whole excitement of traveling and being spontaneous. Mm-hmm. And I love that um I've been able to share that with you. And that's like a perfect mirror back and forth. We both yep. like, if you tell me we're going to go travel somewhere, like rarely am I like ugh, again, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you took me to Florida. I took you to, uh, Louisiana. Yours mm-hmm. was way more fun, but we still, we had we, fun. We, yeah, we still had a great time, but regardless, I think we, you had no problem being spontaneous be like, I will move my schedule around and make that work. Yep, And I love that. That's been really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second question was what have I learned?
0: Yep. And how have you grown? Do you feel like personally?
1: I would say the number one way I grew was spiritually, which you'd probably agree with. I'm mm-hmm. sure you were expecting that. Um, just my relationship with God. And um, you basically opened up my eyes to a lot of different people that were crushing it in business, crushing it in life, but also had a great relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And before I met you, I wouldn't say those things they were very mutually exclusive, Mm -hmm. aside from mega pastors. Mm -hmm. But there's people that are not mega pastors that are also both or all of those things. And since meeting you and then through your family also, like your mom and dad have brought tons of connections even to you and I, Mm -hmm. uh, examples of people that are doing that. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that has just given me more, hmm, more to chew on as a business owner and somebody who's very performance minded, like I want to not only have great business, great relationship with my wife, but also great relationship with God. but And that's the first thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think I didn't see how that could be a perfect, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't see all those things in the same circle mm-hmm. before we started dating. So I would say I see all those things very much in the same circle. In fact, if they are not in the same circle, it's a huge problem. Yeah, you um, notice it now. Yeah. And yep. like God is that outer ring mm-hmm. of that. And basically like if those aren't all together in the same, mm-hmm. your life just isn't nearly as good mm-hmm. as it could be. And so mm-hmm. I think that's a good example is like my life's just better because of what you've exposed me to in terms of like getting closer to God and not been pushy about it either. Yeah,
0: that was a that huge you thing. could
1: you could do an entire training on how you did that like subconsciously. I'm sure I had a lot to do with it from a like self feeder perspective. Yeah, but I'm personal sure there's choice, yeah. 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 But there's gotta be there's little things that you did and how you did them also that brought me closer to God. So was, I appreciate yeah. that.
0: Mm-hmm. me We were watching The Office last night, and it's when Pam and Jim are going to couples counseling. Oh, it's cringe. I appreciate the way that you said that, and now I would like I appreciate to speak the, my truth. And we were like, yeah, let's never gross. get there.
1: I appreciate the way that you appreciate me.
0: Yeah, appreciating you. Anyways, okay. The <laughs> most fun for me has definitely been the travel as well. It's been awesome. I think we've been to like seven or eight states in this last year. And, um, yeah. <laughs> watching Landon almost get kicked off planes for not wearing a mask and always be eating is always a delight. I was
1: drinking some of those times. Too. Yeah. Eating, Water. drinking,
0: finding any loose peanuts so that he could be eating and right you know, just this last time especially, if somebody, if a stewardess taps her nose one more time and tells us that our masks are not on. They're your mask. Literally. your mask's always an adventure with two eights together. Cause we're like, what'd you say immediately? Yeah. No, it's fun. Um, that has been really fun. One thing that we do that I would recommend for anybody in a relationship as well, um, Is uh, a weekly date night. It's something that people that I have greatly looked up to for a lot of my life um, Mm -hmm. do. And there's a couple. You know, there's no like rule of what you have to do. You could spend zero dollars. In fact, um, Jenna, Landon's sister, got me an amazing present for Christmas um, called like the Adventure Dating Book or something. And you, it comes with a Polaroid, and then you have like different dates, and it tells you it's free or five dollars or whatever, and you just like you know make time for each other my love language is quality time his is physical touch and so mm-hmm. we always try and incorporate like what can fill somebody's love tank on date nights and it's something to look forward to that even as life gets busier and busier and eventually you have kids and you know just more commitments like if something's not on land and nice calendar it literally doesn't exist um and so we have to be like adamant about being intentional with one another you know relationships don't work unless you work them and so especially we wanted to put those habits into place in the very beginning even while the sparkles and unicorns and honeymoon phase and all that is still going on but one thing that I think um, I've learned, especially from you too, is just that like life is life is meant to to be something that you work hard for. But also like you you work hard and you play hard, and mm-hmm. I think that we like bring that out of each other a lot. Um, it just depends on the day. Like sometimes yeah. Landon will be in accent mode and he cannot say a sentence without being from a different <sighs> well, country. I- <laughs> And, uh, you know, we just love to like have fun. And one of the major elements of I think the six basic human needs is play Play. is one of them. And that's something that I think was really like dead in me for a long time. Um, And I, I just I don't know, I think in different seasons of life, obviously, as you go through grief and healing and different things, like there's an appropriate time for everything. But like, I think that in addition to your partner making you a better person overall in all the academic and achievement and performance based ways, I also think that they should. Be able to like lighten the mood when you're around them, you know. Take an exhale, and that's something that I'm just so grateful that I 100 can do around you, which is also hilarious. Because again, I thought he was so impressive in the beginning. I was like, "No, this guard's never going down." And now we like get home, and we're just stupid all that the time. That becomes
1: the impressive part. Yeah, I think for both of us. Yeah. Instead of you th- thinking that the other person is, and I wanted to say this earlier. Um, so when you're when you're like in the dating phase. And before, when you're putting that person up on a pedestal, obviously you want them to be on somewhat of a pedestal because you want to look up to the person that you're about to date, like in a good way, because if you don't respect them in some way, it's probably not going to work out. So there is a little bit of like that, uh, but as far as putting them on a pedestal, but in the same token, um, there's a quote from Matthew McConaughey's book, green lights, which is one of the greatest books ever written. Um, and it talks about, uh, less and being less impressed and more involved. Mm -hmm. And when you are so impressed by the outcome of I'm going to date this pretty girl, or I'm going to date this guy and everything's gonna be amazing. And you start making all these pictures in your mind about how it's going to be. You start psyching yourself up for this thing Mm -hmm. and you get very impressed by this thing. And that thing could be a relationship. It could be a raise at work. It could be a new car, whatever it is. And the more um, you put that on a pedestal, you're going to obviously think about it more and there's lots of like positive things that come again with having holding something to a high regard, Mm -hmm. but it also works against you in the fact that you start getting impressed by it and you stop doing the things that got you to the point of even deserving or manifesting something like that in the first place. And that could be like, Oh my gosh, this person's this and this person's that and you you put them on such a high pedestal and you lower yours so much that like you actually psych yourself out and then you'll start saying something stupid or you'll make mistakes you wouldn't normally make mm-hmm. because you are now, um, putting yourself so far low into the ground and them so high. Mm. And so you have to be less impressed, more involved, involved, meaning be yourself, do exactly what you were doing to get to this point, yeah. continue improving wow. and l- less about like freaking out, hopefully, you know, uh, becoming instead of, uh, instead of, Saying like I'm gonna get this person, focus more time on saying I'm gonna become this type of person, because this type of person I want to become attracts whatever the heck I want.
0: Hundred percent, baby. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember like that was something that I dreamed of my whole life was because like I feel like we're pretty high caliber people. We work super hard on who we are yeah. and, and very you high know, standards. Like we do, and and I think for a long time, like and I, I you know you guys watching our pageant girls, a lot of you or Landon's people. If he cross posts this and it's hard because <laughs> did you go, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, kidding. Uh, no, but like, and so it's hard because both of our audiences draw really high caliber, high achievers. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something when you're single as a high achiever that goes in your mind, that's constantly like this ticking time bomb. And then you add the pressure from social media and other, you know, maybe you're the only person who's single in your friend group or you're getting older or as a woman, you're like counting the time and you really want to have kids. Like those things are very real pressures, but the best thing that you can do is become the healthiest, best version of yourself. And I promise you guys, like you add prayer to that. You get engaged in a positive community. You go places where other high achievers would actually be, you know what I mean? Like go to conferences, go to places where you can meet these people. Don't just go to the bar where, you know, there are great people too, but there are also people who are at the bar every single day and maybe don't need to get up in the morning because they don't have a purpose in life, right, that they're pursuing right now. That's a
1: good point So go somewhere
0: that you're actually going to meet those people. Go where there's a conglomeration of people with your values with the way that you see life um, and increase your chances. Like you can take life by the reins. You can join online dating if you want to, or if you don't feel peace to do that, then don't, you know? But at the end of the day, Um, I love what Landon said about, you know, get yourself ready. And then when you do find that person work to keep doing the things that you've been doing. So they always say like, continue to date your wife, continue to date your husband. Like if I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt because of who Landon is and the amount of integrity that he has, which is the number one word that I would use to describe him, that he will never stop being the person that he is. And that is so satisfying to know that it's not just like, you get married and now all the work is over and now you hate yeah. each other five years later because they are sitting on the couch every single day drinking a beer, doing nothing right. as opposed to like going home and continuing to like always have a next mission to conquer together. And that that's what keeps things exciting, you know? What yeah. were you gonna say?
1: I kind of lost it. Dang it, sorry. What were,
0: I was uh, talking uh, about right before that um, doing things to meet the right people, going places and being Yes, the right got place. it, okay.
1: Yeah. So on that note, the people, if you're looking for a high achieving person, the odds of meeting them at the bar are actually lower and lower and lower the older that they get. Mm-hmm. Um, now you're in college, good chance. You could find a, you could find a neuroscientist at a bar near, you know, yeah. at, if they just got done with finals week. So I'm not going to yeah. say that smart people don't go to bars 100%. or high achievers don't. I absolutely do. I have a great time. Yep. But, um, what I would say is like, if you're looking at that as, if you're looking at that to be your primary target of like where you're going to go find you know, Mr. Mrs. Mrs. Wright. Like, think about other places you could also go. Don't make that the only place that you yeah. go. Um, you know, I was walking with my friend who's single through a uh business conference and he was like looking around, he's like, There is a lot of good looking women in here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Yeah. No kidding. That's cause they're entrepreneurs. Wonder why. Or yeah. they're high achieving women that are married to entrepreneurs yep. or dating other entrepreneurs. And it's like cream rises to the top. My buddy met this, 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 uh, chick who works for, you know, has this incredible job, incredible career. And, uh, I, you know, they met like at a gym instead of meeting somebody, going to the, Mm -hmm. going to the bars and always expecting to run into that person. Mm -hmm. It's 2022. It's a different world. Like another thing is dating apps. Like We met out of dating app because we had literally no time to mess around with dating and we were impatient people and didn't want to go out to the bars seven hundred thousand times to try and imagine wasting money. (laughs) To hopefully try and find that person. Yeah.
0: I can't believe how much money guys have to waste. Even like dating. I told Landon, I was like, yo, y'all put like a lot of money out for dinner dates. Like do I some coffee like, first literally like 50 to a hundred dollars every time. Or I mean, or even Chick-fil-a is like 25 bucks for two people. I mean, seriously, like yeah. do some FaceTimes first and qualify each other yeah. before, you know? So in closing, thank you everybody for listening. Um, what would be your final advice to men mm. who want to have healthy relationships and find their person, keep their person all that jazz, your final swan song, if you will. <sighs>
1: Uh, my math teacher in fifth grade said this and so he was a uh a really brash New Yorker who was living in the middle of Nebraska, so he just like did not like life. And so I remember his advice that he would scream to like the boys in uh, you know, in like it's like what I say, fifth grade, sixth mm-hmm, grade mm-hmm. math. And uh he would just get off the phone call with his wife and he would come in there and you could tell he was like Hot, Like really, really upset. And he'd sit down, he'd scribble on the paper and he'd go, I've got a lesson for you guys. And we're like, okay, well, what's going on? Because he was really mad. And uh, he's like, say it with me. You're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> And I'm sorry, (laughs) but like what he was getting at is like the ability to, um, the ability to admit when you're wrong is one of the most important things. And you are not trying to win. You are trying to remain inside of a relationship. So not that you have to be a pushover and admit when you're not wrong or admit that you're wrong when you're not, Mm -hmm. we are very (laughs) most combative people on earth. So that'll never happen. But we... At the end of the day, you, you have to make a decision sometimes when you're both fighting and you're upset, um, which people ask if we fight, we fight like normal Mm -hmm. people. I mean, we have spats, but one thing that I think gets us over them very quickly Mm -hmm. is our ability to separate the argument from our character as people, and then also being able to admit fault. In, in, it doesn't even have to be fault for the whole thing. It's just mm-hmm. your side of the fault. Yeah. And then the other person is 98% of the time going to take their ownership for yeah. it. Yeah. And so I would say that's a really critical thing if for guys is like learn how to fight and make up because yeah, it's a really important down. skill. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that goes both ways in a relationship. Yep. Um, what was the other part of the question?
0: That was all I asked. Just if you have any other advice to dudes.
1: Yeah. Um, become what you want. Um, if you want to attract this super um, smoke show, Megan Swanson type <laughs> cra- character, um, you're going to have to become the best version of yourself because the there there's it is a social hierarchy. Like people forget that we like it's it's a food chain. It is. And. Food chain. Um, it's a social hierarchy and people think that that doesn't exist anymore and it's laughable because it does ask um, women, yeah, just ask women. But and men too, honestly, honestly, like, well, you, yeah, you do
0: have something specific that you're looking for yeah. and usually it's you.
1: And And this is, this isn't towards anybody. This is towards high caliber people that are mm-hmm. listening to this that want high caliber mm-hmm. people for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't look in the mirror in the morning and think like, I am giving it 100,000% of my best to become Mm -hmm. the person I need to be to attract what I want. If you can't answer that question internally for yourself, you are probably going to attract lesser than what you are comfortable settling for Mm -hmm. and not settling in the negative sense, but like settling, meaning settling down with being happy with that person. Mm -hmm. Um, And that leads, if you don't do that, you'll lead to resentment. And that's when seven years old, you know, seven years later, people wake up and be like, Oh my gosh, like I didn't realize that taking care of yourself and working out a couple times a week was a really critical thing for me. Yeah. Well, it is. Um, and it's becoming more and more of a non-negotiable for people every day. So become what you want, learn to make up and, um, just become interesting. Like yeah. just continue to feed yourself with knowledge continue improving and just like become a better version of yourself every single day. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, if you're not growing, you're dying. It's literally biblical. What did you say the other night? You just said it last night. What was it?
0: Yeah. It says in Romans 12, uh, two that you either conform to this world or you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, which basically means like you're either going negative backwards or forwards. Backwards There's no neutral. Forwards. Yeah. Yep.
1: So if you're going backwards right now, make an effort to go forward and then, like you're going to find that person. Yep. So that's my advice.
0: And fun fact, the word repent just means to turn. It doesn't mean like get on your knees and knees and wail. And you know my life is Cry. horrible. I'm horrible. Um, <laughs> that's an inside joke. Um, Landon never cries. Same. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but no, the word repent just means to turn. And we all have the capability of turning, whether it's our the way that we speak to people, whether it's turning our pride around and asking God to help us even understand what what a step of humility would look like um, or whatever it looks like. But my advice to women would be um, number one is you always deserve to feel safe and protected. That that is the most universal need of a woman in the same way that a man's universal need is to feel respected. So women, you deserve to feel loved. You deserve to feel cherished. You deserve to have a man who will prioritize that. Um, Landon and I talk about that all the time. And, And honestly, even knowing that about yourself for men and for women is a great way to start conversation and communication. So chances are, if you are a man and you're ticked off, you probably felt disrespected. So it's way easier for you to say, hey, I am feeling disrespected right now rather than you're so disrespectful. You know what I mean? It's, it's a slight change of tone that can say, hey, I'm experiencing the feeling of disrespect when you did this. I'm like, I'm really kind of processing that and I'm sad about that. That person can all of a sudden be empathetic and they can come to your side. Landon and They're separating I, it. Yeah, Landon and I talk about it. It's taking the gun away from someone's head and pointing it you know, over there to where you can have a mutually opposing enemy that you're both looking at and say, yeah, we're going to attack this enemy together and we're going to conquer it rather than it being us versus um, the other, me versus you. Yeah. And then in that way, there doesn't have to be a winner or a loser. You, you both can win, right? Which should always be the goal. And you can have, um, constructive conversations. And I remember when I was in a really. Um, difficult situation three years ago where I was being abused every single day, three hour fights, exhaustion, you know, I've told Landon a lot about just the horrible, horrible, horrible nature of what I went through. And I just remember like wondering and crying out to God and being like, will there ever be a day where I feel 100% safe and I can like have a voice, I can actually have the courage and like be kind and use my intellect and I was like, dude, I communicate for a living, like something's just not, Right, and I think another like red flag versus like green light, green light is when you're with the right person that person will, because also you're compatible, like your personalities will work in a way that creates such wholeness and a godly dynamic where you can hold space for that other person's emotions. Um, I found out through a relationship that I was in that was a healthy relationship that was great, but just not the right person, that I couldn't be with somebody super emotional that like had an emotional need every single day of like something's wrong because you didn't text me for three hours. Like some people rock on with that and they love to like come and support that person. They love to be there for them. They love to validate that need. That's just not how we roll. Like we're, we're so independent. It's like, Hey, you want access to my calendar? Like whatever. Cool. But at least you know what I'm doing, um, where I am. But like, if I'm, if I don't pick up, I'll text you within, you know, a reasonable amount of time, but we just have that trust in our relationship where we don't have to be like, on each other's, you know, tails all the time. But for some people, they love that, they need that because their life experience, because what they've been through, that's necessary. So God understands that, like God even understands the deepest needs of your heart. And as you are processing becoming the healthiest, most whole person that, that he created you to be, you know, some of those insecurities are gonna go away where you feel like you're you're seated and settled in that wholeness on your own. But just know like those things that are just part of your personality, those things like for us that don't like to be controlled. Other people are like, take the reins, baby, love to be controlled, right? Figure out what those things are about you and that will even help you to discern what dates are even worth going on, what dates are not worth going on, what might be a good fit for you, what might, might not be a good fit for you. And then it's just such a fun ride because you feel like you're in control of your life in terms of making really intelligent choices. But all that to say, Men, you should always be respected women. You should also be always be loved, valued, cherished and feel safe and protected. And, uh, hopefully we gave you guys some great advice on today's podcast. Um, before we go, Landon, why don't you tell people where they can contact you, your company and how they can listen to your podcast.
1: Yeah. So thank you. I run a podcast called spark to fire, which is a podcast dedicated towards, um, young entrepreneurs that are basically getting their start. And I interview successful founders, entrepreneurs, and just like elite performers that have done a lot in their life in a short period of time and unpack what made them successful and then share those stories with other people. Yep. And it's called spark to fire podcast. You can find it on Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, I'm probably most active on my Instagram, which is just life of Landon, L-A-N-D-O-N, life Mm -hmm. of Landon. Um, yeah.
0: And then companies is
1: company is uh, grindstone. So grindstone agency on Instagram. If y'all need, you know, anything from video podcasting to paid advertising, we crush in all three of those departments mm-hmm. and, uh, they love. produce
0: this video that you're watching. Yeah.
1: So we produce, we have a studio here, as you can see, this is the, our podcast studio that we're in. Yep. Um, they places. also build
0: studios for people. If you are not yeah. in, if you're in Nebraska, if you're not in Nebraska, they can come to you and they design yeah. beautiful studios start to finish.
1: We will even, uh, fly out to. Cancun or to Spain, Yeah, and we will build build a studio wherever. Gladly, you want if yeah. there's a beach, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. If you're in Alaska, we, we, sorry.
0: Actually, I'd like to go. To no, Alaska. I would totally fun. go. Yeah.
1: yeah, any anywhere in the world that you guys uh, need a podcast studio built, um, we build podcast studios. We do you know all of the podcasting managed services as well. So
0: and paid media and any video you could ever imagine.
1: Yep, Just finishing out documentary, right? Or a documentary right now for the teammates organization. So, Mm -hmm. um, lots of exciting stuff going on at grindstone. So grindstone life of Landon, if you guys want to find me.
0: And last but not least, uh, Landon also has an amazing Facebook group called iron sharpens iron, Mm -hmm. and it is a bunch of Christian business owners together or people just interested in personal development, growth, all things, entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial I guess, entrepreneurship. That's Mm -hmm. the word I'm looking for. And, uh, there's hundreds of people in that group. It's growing like crazy. So if you search iron sharpens iron or message land, and I'm sure he can get you hooked up with that Mm -hmm. as well.
1: Yeah. Iron sharpens iron. And then it's the little sword sign entrepreneur group is what it's called. So yeah.
0: All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the powerhouse podcast. And with that, we'll see you guys next week.